So rather than just picking our favorites like Psalm 23 or Psalm 100, we're going to take one psalm from each of the different kinds of psalms throughout the next couple of months to understand the different sorts of psalms in the psalms. So today, Psalm 146, because it's a great example of a psalm of praise. Next week, Psalm 30, we're going to look at psalms of thanksgiving. Then Psalm 31, which is a psalm of lament, where the psalmist voices his concerns and that sort of thing to the Lord. Then on uh, July 23, Psalm 68, a psalm of kingship, celebrating the Lord's kingship, sometimes praying for the king. Psalm uh, 105 on July 30, a psalm of remembrance, remembering all of God's great acts throughout uh, his kingdom. Then on August 6, Psalm 62, it's a psalm of confidence in who God is and what he does for us. August 20, Psalm 1, it's a psalm of wisdom. It's sort of a teaching psalm. August 27, Psalm 58, which is an imprecatory psalm, maybe the most unusual of the psalms because it's where the psalmist calls for God to do awful things to his enemies. That's a little bit of a different one to understand. And then on September 3, Psalm 121, which is a pilgrimage psalm. There's several of those psalms were the Psalms of Ascent. Psalm 121 is one of them. These were songs that the people sang and recited as they were on their trip to Jerusalem for their feasts. So this morning, a psalm of praise, Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. He sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. So there was an interesting story in the world of professional golf this past week. Some of the world's best golfers were up in Canada to do the Canadian Open. And a Canadian golfer has not won that particular tournament in Canada for 69 years. So it came to the end of the tournament and there were two people who were tied. One was a Canadian. His name was Nick Taylor. He needed to sink a putt from 72 feet away to win. Now, who in the world has ever sunk a putt 72 feet long? Almost nobody ever does such a thing. But on that day, with a wet green, 
he sunk a putt 72 feet away. And he, I'll show you the picture, he just erupted with like, I can't believe what I just did. He threw his renowned red putter up in the air. He celebrated with his caddy. Uh, Obviously, all the people behind him are like, finally, a Canadian has won this tournament. And then one of his best friends and fellow pro golfer, Adam Hadwin, grabbed an expensive bottle of champagne, was going to celebrate with his friend. But he had street clothes on and a security guard didn't recognize him. And so as he came towards his friend, the security guard actually tackled him to the ground thinking he was protecting the golfer who won the tournament. But then, of course, when they figured out who he was, they all celebrated together. That's what praise and celebration looks like. Someone does something amazing. Everybody recognizes it as an amazing thing. Finally, a Canadian, a hometown boy has won the tournament and they all celebrate together. Well, that's sort of what's happening in this psalm of praise as well. In fact, Psalms 145 through 150 are all psalms of praise. It's like as you get to the end of the Psalter, the last six psalms all just shout the praise of God, and this is one of them. They call us to praise the Lord. We're called to praise the Lord. And that Hebrew word for praise the Lord is one word, hallelujah. Hallel is to praise and Yah, short for Yahweh, the Lord. So when you say the word hallelujah, you're saying praise the Lord. So verse 2, let's read verse 2 together. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. So we don't just praise the Lord for a moment in time because we're suddenly aware of something great He's done. We praise Him our whole life long because God of anyone is worthy of our praise. And according to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the chief end or purpose of human beings is to glorify God, praise Him. And enjoy Him forever. That's why we're here. So if we don't praise the Lord, something is wrong. And no one is more amazing or impressive than God is. Whenever we praise people, we realize maybe they're just good at one thing. Maybe they're just good at golf and they're a nasty person. Or maybe they're just good at singing or acting, but they're not very virtuous in other aspects of their life. Everyone has their flaws and weaknesses. George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, great statesmen, but they held slaves, typical of their era. Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, wealthy, successful businessmen at the very top of their game, But their marriages have all failed. They're all divorced. And even impressive spiritual people like Billy Graham or Mother Teresa, well, great people, but they knew their flaws. They even wrote about them in some instances. And they're dead. Because even the greatest of human beings don't live for very long. Unlike the Lord who lives forever. So we're instructed in verses 3 through 5, don't put your confidence in powerful people. There's no help for you there. 
When they breathe their last, they return to the earth and all their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. So put your hope in the Lord rather than people. Our tendency is to look to people. So there's a political leader out there and we think if only that person would get to be president, then surely every problem would be solved. And of course, it never is. One person, one politician can do a few things, but they can't do everything and no one is going to save us. Only God saves. Only God deserves our praise for doing that. Our hope is in Him. Then in verses 6 through 10, we're given a whole bunch of reasons as to why we should praise the Lord. So we're going to go through these pretty quickly. The first is God is the maker of the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. In other words, He's awesome. He made everything, everything that is fantastic and wonderful from the tiniest of atoms that maybe we haven't even yet discovered, these little particles, to the vast expanses of outer space that we haven't even yet discovered. God made it all. He's awesome. Secondly, He's faithful. He's a faithful Father. Father's Day today, how many phone calls are being made from prison cells, from prisons all across our country to their dads today? Not very many. Not nearly as many as were made on Mother's Day a month ago because statistics show us 70% of prison inmates came from single-parent homes. 70% of people in the prisons don't have anybody to call today. And some would say that's part of the problem. Maybe that's a part of the story for how they ended up there, perhaps. Maybe it's a factor. But God is faithful. Verse 6 says, He remains faithful forever. Even if you don't have a good earthly father, even if you never knew your earthly father, you have a heavenly father who loves you and will be faithful to you. A third reason to praise the Lord is in verse 7. Let's read it together. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. So God helps those in need. That is a rather unusual characteristic of a great person, isn't it? How many wealthy, powerful people do you know who take time to care about some needy person? They don't pay attention to those people. They're in a whole different class. They don't live nearby. In fact, in some cases, the rich and powerful are the very people who personally or whose policies sort of oppress those people and make their lives worse. But God is different. He's not aloof up in some heavenly palace somewhere, not paying attention. He sees people in need and he looks out for them. Psalm 107 says he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. And Jesus, who embodied the kingdom of God, didn't just come preaching about the kingdom. He came bringing the kingdom into the lives of people. 
So when he saw a sick person in need, he healed that person because that is the kingdom of God where there is no more sickness. There's only health and vitality. And those people left almost always praising the Lord. A fourth reason we praise the Lord is because he sets prisoners free. Now, at first, that sounds like, uh uh-oh, that means God is involved with helping convicted criminals in a jailbreak? Well, no, that wouldn't be a very virtuous thing to do at all. What the text is saying here is that God, when we find ourselves in terrible situations that are beyond our control, God steps in and uses His power and authority to help us. So the Israelites, enslaved and oppressed by the Egyptians for nearly 400 years, God steps in, sets them free from slavery, shapes them as His people in the wilderness and brings them to their own land. That's who God is. And that's why that act was celebrated for so many centuries. Jesus freed people from demons. He commanded the demons to leave even if they were legion. They all trembled at the presence of Jesus who is Lord of all. They would leave and Jesus gave people's lives back to them. He sets prisoners free. Psalm 80, or 68 verse 6 says, God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Another reason we praise the Lord is because He gives sight to the blind. And we notice that in Jesus' earthly ministry. Numerous times Jesus runs into someone who's physically blind and He doesn't do surgery. He just says the words or puts mud on their eyes or whatever method He chose. And then boom, all of a sudden they have their sight back again. So how many people do you know who can do that for someone? Does anyone know anybody? Not with surgery to restore sight. Does anyone know anybody who can walk up to a blind person, speak the words, and they see? If you know someone like that, you should praise them. I don't know anyone like that. Only Jesus Christ. That's why we praise Jesus, because that's the kind of God He is. He gives sight to the blind. And it's not just spiritual or physical sight, it's spiritual sight. Physical sight is an an important ability for us, but it's temporary. It's only as good as you live. But spiritual sight is what everybody really needs. When you don't see straight spiritually, You are blind and you walk in darkness. You think you know everything. You know nothing. You think you know your way out. You don't have a clue. You don't know what sin is. You don't know in what sort of a mess you're in with your own sin. You don't know Jesus Christ who can save and forgive you. You are in an eternal wreck. And Jesus opens spiritual eyes. That's what we pray He does. That's what we can participate in doing as well. That's why we still have this bowl to remind us of names of people that we are praying for. A man named Jerry, another named Tom, and another named Wayne. 
Lord, for these individuals and for all of the others in this bowl that we've written down, we continue to pray that you'll give spiritual vision to them. That through some means, you'll help them to see their sin, help them to find hope and life and healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Spiritual eyesight. That's what God is good at. Restoring sight to the blind. A sixth reason we praise God is in verse 8. Why don't we read that together? The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. So he lifts up those who are weighed down. Middle school girl was crying in her bedroom one night because she found that all of her friends had gathered at a party, but they didn't invite her. It broke her heart. She wept and wept and wept. And when her dad heard her weeping, her dad walked into her room, gently sat on the edge of the bed, and asked her what happened. And when she described what happened, she started crying all over again. She had been left out. And so her dad, after she was done crying, held her close And then after she was done crying, put his strong hand under her chin and lifted it up so that she could look at him. And he said to her, honey, I am so, so sorry that this happened to you. It's so unfair. It's so unkind. And you are so wonderful. You are so beautiful. No one should ever treat you like this. And I'm so sorry that they did. But one day, you will be surrounded by friends who will love you and include you in all of their plans. You trust me. That's a good dad. Lifting up the chin, the face of the one he loves, offering words of comfort and assurance and hope. That's what God does for us. Psalm 3 describes it. O Lord, how many are my foes, how many rise up against me. Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are a shield around me. O Lord, you bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud and he answers me from his holy hill. When we are experiencing something difficult, God does that for us. He takes His hand, as it were, and He lifts up our chin so that we look at Him and not at our circumstance. And He speaks words of love and hope into our lives. A seventh reason this psalm gives us reason to praise the Lord is because God cares for the vulnerable. Four classes of vulnerable people back in Bible times. There were the orphans who had no fathers, the widows who had no husbands, the alien or foreigners, foreign people who, for circumstances beyond their control, were forced out of their homes and they find themselves in a foreign country with people they don't know trying to survive. And then, fourthly, the poor. 
those people had unusually difficult circumstances to deal with. So God himself watched out for them. And he called his people to do so as well. In Zechariah 7, it says, Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners, and the poor, and do not scheme against each other. So again, the picture we have of God is not someone who's just distant and aloof and he's not paying attention and we're going through these hard things and he doesn't even know about it. He knows. He cares. This is why the Apostle Peter, who knew Jesus maybe best of any human being, said, give all your worries and concerns to God for he cares about you. Don't just whine and complain to your friends or your family member or your spouse. Talk to God. He knows your situation. He cares about you. That's the kind of God He is. And when you know that, it's just another reason for us to say, God, You are so good. You are so amazing. Because He is. But all of these reasons that we've talked about so far have to do with how God cares about His people, how He cares about us. But what about, what about those who are our enemies? What about people who seem to make it their mission in life to make your life miserable? What does God do about them? In verse 9, it says, He frustrates the plans of the wicked. So we don't have a God who doesn't pay attention to what the wicked people are doing. He's busy frustrating the plans of the wicked, keeping them from carrying out their wicked schemes. And you don't even know about all those things because those wicked things never happened. God intervened. The terrorist was stopped before he got a chance to kill a bunch of people. Because God is behind the scenes frustrating the plans of the wicked. Chris Wright is a father of three boys. His oldest is a 14-year-old middle school student who came home one afternoon after being in a fight at school. So he was a little bit banged up. Told his dad about it and soon after a car pulled up into the front of their house. And so there were three of his son's classmates in the car along with two adults. And so Chris walked out of the house to see who they were and what they wanted. Turns out they wanted his son. They wanted him. They wanted to fight him. And Chris told him no. He said, no, he's not going to come out and fight today. He's not interested in fighting any of you. Well, then we're going to go in and get him. And if you won't let us get him, we're going to fight you. And so they jumped this boy's dad and they beat him so severely they had to call an ambulance to take him to the hospital. And the next day, he died. He died trying to protect his children. He died trying to frustrate the plans of the wicked. He died doing what God did for us. Because Satan is wicked and he's got devious schemes and plans for you to ruin your life. 
But God steps in and Jesus steps in and he saves and he forgives and he heals and he restores and he gives hope and he gives you his spirit. And he he says, this is the way to go. Walk in this way. It'll go better for you if you do. And then we do. And it does go better because God is amazing. God is an amazing God. And it's not just for a little bit of time so his enemies can't outlast him. Psalm 146 says he will reign forever. He'll always be our God. We will always be his people. He's that good king whose rule is never going to end. So Daniel 6 says, For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. So friends, Psalm 146 is a classic psalm of praise, giving us all these reasons. If you don't have a reason to praise him, just read a psalm of praise and you'll have 10 reasons why we praise the Lord. The only people who don't praise God are those who don't know him. Because once you know God, you are so amazed with Him. You are so impressed with Him that you can't help but love and praise Him. And we are blessed to know Him. We are blessed to abide in Him. And we are blessed to share His love with others so they can come to know and praise Him too. Let's pray. Oh God, You are so amazing this psalm doesn't even begin to tell the story about who you are and the awesome things that you do your character is is just astonishing to us you have every single character quality that is admirable that is right that is good you are the source of everything good that we experience and you stand in the way of wickedness and evil from having its way in our lives and in our world. We gladly and willingly give ourselves to you. We thank you for what you've done for us in Jesus. We're thankful for the hope we have in and through him. And our hope and prayer and desire, Lord, is that you will reach more and more people so that they too will come to know just how awesome and just how good you are. And they'll join us maybe in our own church one day to sing your praise with us. Hasten that day in Jesus' name. Amen.